Well, it was no doubt a very difficult day for Burnaby RCMP officers to go to work today after the death of their colleague yesterday, 31-year-old Shailen Yang, um, was killed during an altercation. Uh, she was part of a mental health and homeless outreach team. She was on a call to a small patch of grass um, where someone had camped, uh, and there was an altercation during that call, and she was stabbed to death. Um, we're learning more today, a little bit more about what happened. A uh, 37-year-old man has now been charged. Uh, Jung Won Ham made his first court appearance today. Police do not know if he has any criminal record, if he was known to them, if he was known to her, if she dealt with him in the past. We're still finding that out. We did learn today that there was video of the incident, so we surveillance video, so we may have uh, get a better idea fairly soon of exactly what happened. Um, but again, what happened remains under investigation tonight. Please say the incident turned deadly quickly. Uh, Constable Young is being remembered today as a loving wife, daughter, and sister who had volunteered to work with that team, um, who took that work very seriously in the three years that she'd been with the force. Uh, Chief Superintendent Graham de la Gougendière, the officer in charge of the RCMP detachment in Burnaby, spoke of her dedication yesterday. She was compassionate and caring, and she brought those skills every day to her job working with our community's most vulnerable, including those experiencing homelessness and mental health issues. Uh, working with mental health and homelessness can be challenging, but Shailen embraced that job with passion. She found value working with this team and working with those struggling in our community. Well, joining me now is Bruce Pitt-Payne. He's a retired RCMP major crimes investigator and consultant. Thanks so much for your time tonight. No worries. Hello. It's It's been hard to make sense. I mean, every death of a police officer in the line of duty is in its own way different and tragic. And I'm, I'm just wondering what you thought when you first heard about this one, because it seems particularly awful. Well, my first thoughts are we've had too many of them in the last short while. I think five in the last five weeks, this makes it. Uh, I'm not going to jump to the conclusion that that means anything, um, such as violence is getting worse against the police. But regardless, um, it, it doesn't matter how many you hear about it. It it hits you in the gut, and I, I can can't even imagine. I'm not working for the force anymore. I can only mm-hmm. imagine how hard it is for those that are are still working, particularly in her detachment um, and on I hit. They haven't had a chance to grieve yet, and they won't even be able to until they've uh, dug further into the investigation. Yeah, and I can only imagine too when you have a you know a, a, there must be a a protective, protective feeling for younger officers, too, or ones who are new. I mean, she's relatively new, right? Yeah. Uh, it, um, sorry, um, I missed uh, the question there. It's. Um, I mean, just there, there must be just the sense, too, that she was a younger officer. She was starting out. Yeah. Um, there must be the sense that, that you're there to protect her, too. Yeah, it, exactly. And and I think everybody thinks that, Um I mean, at the end of the day, whether she had more service or not, um, it, it still hits the same. I've, I've, in my service, experienced it with very senior members and also with very junior members, and it's, it's the same feeling of absolute helplessness. In your experience, because we were speaking with uh, with another former Toronto police officer last week following the mm-hmm. deaths of those two officers in Innisfil in, in not yeah. similar but not dissimilar circumstances, uh, that sometimes it is those routine calls, the ones where you don't expect something to go wrong, where things can go wrong 
really quickly. And he was talking about the fact that he looks back on his days on the beat and looks back at some of the incidents he has and realizes how lucky he was that nothing went wrong. Absolutely. It's, it's rarely the call that where you expect something to go wrong. That is the, the tricky one because you prep for it, but it's the routine call, regardless of whether you've done everything right. They're the ones that surprise you. And the uh, attacker the aggressive person against you always has the element of surprise in their favor. And, and that's the tough part. I've experienced that as of many other officers. I think you put that very well. What kind of assessments would have been done before? Again, you know, assisting a parks officer to go see someone mm-hmm. in a tent is probably something that she was doing daily at this point in time. But what kind of uh, assessment would have been made before going to a call like that one, do you think? Uh, the amount of tents, um, but the tricky part here, Ben, is that that these calls, and I know we use the term routine, um, they're the bread and butter of what they do every single day. They go to the call and they don't have much information until they get there. Unfortunately, there isn't much that we could do to change that, and that's why the the job is so inherently risky. You just don't know until you get there. Some calls, yes. If it's a domestic violence incident, then you are able to possibly plan and take more officers. But you can't say we're going to go in with 10 and then hope we don't need it for a call like this. So um, that's the frustrating part. Yeah, I guess when we use the term routine, we're not using it correctly, are we? Because routine suggests that it's simple, um, yeah. like a, your daily routine, whereas in this case, it's simply common. It's it's common that, that those are the calls that you get. You know, these are, as you put it, the, the bread and butter. Are there any questions? What questions do we need to answer now about what could have happened? Because clearly we, we have to, and you've, you pointed this out. Five police officers in in a little over a month, three in the past week, two on mental health calls. We need Mm -hmm. to do something. What could it be? Well, I think I think we we have to just not give up and keep probing this. Uh, The good part about all of this is, as you mentioned, I believe, in in your earlier uh, statement there, um, there was an eyewitness, obviously, the parks person. This is what led to such a speedy charge approval. Um, as well, there was video evidence that would help. So it's finding out what happened at the scene isn't going to be the tough part. It's finding out how to fix the bigger problem. Um, and it's, it's going to be digging deeply into the mental health crisis. Um, we had a great report that just came out from uh, um, Mr. Lepard, Doug Lepard, uh, and Amanda Butler, Uh, that was uh, put together by the province. Um, And I think we should start looking at the root causes uh, before anybody jumps to conclusions about, uh, you know, this is a sort of an endemic situation with the attacks on police officer or violence is increasing or it's becoming a more dangerous job. How do we actually deal with the mental health and addiction crisis before it gets to this point? Um, And that is something that I obviously don't have an answer for, um, but I'm hoping somebody actually keeps digging for it and follows the science. It feels like we'd have to at this point. How much did you, I mean, just the fact that uh, Constable Yang was part of this team, 
mm-hmm. um, suggests suggests that that Burnaby RCMP and police forces right across the country, right across the province, right across the city are fully aware that you need mm-hmm. that kind of expertise. Um, yes. And so we have seen improvements. Uh, it's just yes. it's so tragic that those are the officers who often end up in those situations. Absolutely. And and the improvements are there when you look at Burnaby detachment, at Surrey detachment. um, And it's not an RCMP versus city police. I really think the police are trying. They've realized ages ago that um, these are mental health issues. They're medical issues as such. The addiction, it's health care. And there's got to be a balance now between police enforcement because they're not going to arrest their way out of this sort of situation the crisis they're facing so there's got to be obviously some money put into an alternative which is treating it as a health care issue yeah i guess in this case and you pointed that out perfectly what happened we'll probably never be able to find out why or there probably isn't even a why uh, but to stop it from happening again to make sure there are no more tragedies like yeah. the one facing constable yang's family and her colleagues tonight that would be the best yeah. Tribute exactly, because at, at the end of the day, Ben, uh, right now as I'm speaking, I'm I'm feeling rather gutted. Um, I didn't even sleep well, and I'm not on the force anymore. I had a rough night last night after hearing about this. I can't even imagine what her family's going through, and that's that's really who I'm focusing on right now. There's a lot of work to be done, but I think right now I'm so impressed that everybody is showing support and the RCMP the way they've dealt with this. Uh, support for Shailen's family and for their, her colleagues. It, right now, that's, I think, the most important thing. And I think the rest can wait until a little bit of grieving has happened, and then I'm sure people will start putting things together. Yeah, I imagine it's been a tough day for anyone who's ever put on that uniform. Yeah, it has. Bruce Pitpain, uh, thank you so much for sharing that with me tonight. I appreciate it. You're welcome. Take care.